Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fall is a season of gathering that brings us together with warmth and color. So whether it's a birthday, anniversary, or a special event, celebrate your friends and family with a gorgeous bouquet from 1-800-Flowers.com. 1-800-Flowers makes it easy to find your reason and brighten someone's day with exclusive offers and great values on bouquets and arrangements. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Hey guys, this is Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. It's another edition of the ML Sports Platter. All over the major platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Deezer, and a heck of a lot more wherever you get your podcasts on your smartphone device, please do download Subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Elevate Fitness of Syracuse, Rosie's Corner, and Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State. Tax-efficient retirement planning. Go with Brian today. Visit him online at advisors.massmutual.com. That's advisors.massmutual.com. I want to get into the NFL Week 9. It's a full recap and uh, at the back end, you'll hear my crossover episode from the Bills brawl. Uh, it's a total recap of the Jaguars and Bills game, which was a disgusting display of football. Uh, and the Bills, just an inexcusable, embarrassing, horrible, horrible loss that probably, uh, unless something changes in the near future, could cost them big later uh, in the season. But I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of set that game aside. I'll recap all the others, and then on the back end play the Bills and Jaguars recap from Bills Brawl. Let's start going all the way back to last Thursday. The Colts beat the Jets 45-30 to in a game that was just the Jonathan Taylor show. I mean, he ran with power, he ran with burst, um, you know, caught a few passes. He's one of the best backs in the league. I thought he was terrific, um, you know, and, and he's the key for that team moving forward. I think the Colts now, you know, they're 4-5. and five. They're starting to sneak up to 500. Uh, they're a team that's starting to find a little bit more of an identity. Great job by Indy uh, in that game, beating the Jets. Again, a bad team, but they had to do that. Um, they had to be a bad team. Hey, it's more than you can say for the Cowboys or the Bills or the Saints this past week, right, uh, or the Bengals against the Jets a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but it was a Jonathan Taylor show, and I think right now the Indianapolis Colts are a super dangerous team because they're playing with a lot of physicality. They have Jonathan Taylor. If you can run the ball, Carson Wentz looks better passing it in play action. So they're right now a dangerous team. The thing is, will Frank Wright continue to screw up in the red zone when the stakes get higher uh, in his play calling and game management, which has been horrific so far uh, in his young coaching career? Browns 41-16 to over the Bengals. This was every possible ounce of the football game, every possible part, every side of the ball, right? Every phase of the game dominated by the Cleveland Browns. Nick Chubb. Man, what a big day for running backs on Sunday, huh? 
Chubb, 14 carries, 137 yards and two touchdowns. And isn't it something when you watch the Browns' offense play? Baker Mayfield, when he gets Nick Chubb going, or whoever going for running backs, they limit him down to about 20 to 25 throws, and his efficiency goes up, and he relaxes. And, oh, by the way, there's no Odell Beckham Jr. He's better without him. And, you know, the Browns win the game, and they play incredible defense. They get a pick six from Denzel Ward, which was one of the sickest picks you'll ever see uh, in in football uh, this season. Mayfield shared the rock. He shared it to Bryant, to Chubb, to Peoples-Jones, to Felton. Uh, He he really got it all over the place. And I thought it was just a terrific, terrific game for the Cleveland Browns, a team that's now 5-4, and and uh, the Bengals now, uh, they've gone back to being the Bungles, right? I mean, that, that, this, this team, uh, a lot of people try to springboard them up into AFC contention and all the rest. Let's hold the phones on that. They have looked like trash the last couple of weeks. Joe Burrow, uh, two INTs, was awful. He was dreadful in this game. And, uh, you know, Bengal receivers couldn't get separation. Uh, Burrow under duress, uh, dominating at the line of scrimmage. I mean, the Cleveland Browns really, really pancaked the Bengals. In the shocker of the week for me, I thought, you know, with Dak back and all this stuff with the Cowboys and being hungry from losing the week before, and I thought for sure that the Dallas Cowboys would win this football game against the Denver Broncos. I was so sure that I picked them in my pick'em, uh, in my survivor pool. Uh, actually, they didn't. They beat Minnesota the week before. Excuse me, um, <clears throat> but you know, I thought for sure that, that 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 the Cowboys would win this game, especially with Prescott back, and. They laid a complete and utter egg against the Denver Broncos, a team that had been reeling. I think they had lost four in a row going into this game. By the way, Denver has five wins somehow um, this season. Teddy Bridgewater was pretty good. He was serviceable in this game because he didn't have to throw it more than you know twenty-eight times, right? They they want to get him between twenty-five and thirty. Um, you know, much like the Mayfield thing, uh, Javante Williams was great on the ground. The Cowboys couldn't really run the ball that well. Um, by the way, just how about this rookie, Micah Parsons, in a losing cause for the Dallas Cowboys? Two and a half sacks, three tackles for a loss, three QB hits, ten total tackles, and eight of them were solo. Absolutely, positively mind-boggling with how this guy has played, and they've been moving him around a little bit, and he's been playing some D-end. He plays uh, a little bit back sometimes and, and, and can help in the coverage and linebackers. I, he's... He's right now. He's defensive rookie of the year. I, I might say that he's rookie of the year. Period. Uh, he's a fantastic player. What a great win, though, for the Broncos going into Dallas and winning thirty to sixteen. Moving on, we'll, uh, we'll we'll rip through some of these games here. Week nine NFL recap on the ML Sports Platter brought to you by Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse and our great friends at CNY Electrical. Log on to cnyelectrical.com for all of your needs, both residential and commercial. Uh, the Dolphins beat the Texans 17-6. to I didn't watch a single second of this game. Um, but both these teams are dreadful, and somebody had to win, right? That's all there is to it. 17-9, uh, the Dolphins get it done. The Falcons won on the road at New Orleans. Just a tremendous, tremendous game uh, for Atlanta. Uh, they, they were up in this game. The Saints came roaring back with 22 points in the fourth quarter. But of course, Young Ho Koo, the guy who is just, he's, he's money for that team. He's a kicker in the NFL you can count on. I like what Atlanta's been doing with Cordell Patterson as well at running back, and they've kind of used him 
not only to run the football, but they've used him kind of out of the backfield um, and in the slot and, 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 and on occasion on the outside to kind of go deep. So he is kind of a Swiss Army knife right now for this club. Alvin Kamara couldn't get going in this game. Matt Ryan, believe it or not, has put together a lot of fourth-quarter comebacks. If you look at the list, I mean, he's up there close to Favre and Marino and many others, Montana, uh, as far as the fourth-quarter comebacks. He was sensational in this game, 23-30 for 343 yards and two touchdowns. He's a guy... I really root for, and I really wish he had a Super Bowl because I think, and again, that 28-3 loss that, that Atlanta had blowing the lead to the New England Patriots, uh, he's going to think about that until the day he dies because if Matt Ryan had a Super Bowl, how much different are we thinking about Matt Ryan? How much more do we talk about Matt Ryan? How much more do we talk about what he's already accomplished in this league? I mean, this guy has been a steady presence, a steady rock, and his coaching staff let him down in the Super Bowl. You know, they didn't run the football. He made all the big throws. They got to a 28-3 lead. He made that throw to Julio along the sidelines, and at that moment, it should have been work the clock, run the ball, and beat the Patriots, and they didn't do that. If Matt Ryan had a ring, I think things would be a lot different for Matt Ryan right now. The Giants' 23-16 home winners over the Raiders did not see this one coming either, but you know what? The Giants made a lot more plays, and at every moment in this game where you were like, well, this is where the Giants blow it, this is where they blow it, the Raiders blew it, and Xavier McKinney's 41-yard pick six um, was the play of the game. Good for the Giants, good win. Joe Judge still uh, a big believer that this team can turn some things around the rest of the year. Patriots go into Carolina and smoke them. No surprise. Bill Belichick ate Sam Darnold for lunch, breakfast before that, and dinner afterwards. Three interceptions on the day. Darnold was horrendous. The Panthers are horrendous. They're now 4-5 and five on the year after that nice quick start. Christian McCaffrey can't get going. Um, and, you know, the Patriots causing a lot of turnovers. That defense right now is ferocious. J.C. Jackson returned a pick six for 88 yards, um, and, and they just swarm you. I mean, the defense is everywhere. They get rid of Gilmore, and obviously they have a lot more versatility now in the secondary. They can do a lot more with, with, with a lot of guys. Adrian Phillips has played well. Uh, we know that, 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 that the longtime veteran in McCourty is there. And, you know, the New England Patriots, you know, Judon had another sack in this game. Uh, this is this defense is for real, man, and their offensive line is unbelievable. And, oh, by the way, Mac Jones, he didn't have that great of a game, and I know a lot of people are on him for, you know, pulling and twisting the defender's leg and, and the like. Um, I, I don't really know what to think about it one way or the other. Clearly he was trying to um, bring him down. Uh, the fumble had happened. Did he think that he had the ball? I, I don't know. But uh, Mac Jones did not play that great of a game here. He only had 18 throws, but he did have the interception. Um, but this is a game, again, I've said it since the beginning of the season, the Patriots, they'll have a few games where Mac Jones looks really like a rookie and then other games where uh, he doesn't. And in the games he doesn't and he plays extremely, extremely well, uh, that, that can coincide with the Patriots' O-line dominating and their defense dominating, uh, controlling possession, playing physical. That's a dangerous thing for the rest of football, man. I'm telling you, the Patriots are coming. They are coming for you. Ravens over the Vikings, 34-31 in one of the more thrilling uh, games of the day. Um, the Ravens were down big in this game. Uh, at the half, it was, uh, well, actually it was 17-10 at the half. Um, the Vikings were outplaying them. I think the Vikings had scored, uh, let, me, let me check that. I think they scored the first play of the... The first, uh, the first score of the second half, I think, was Minnesota as well. Yes, uh, that was the um, 
kickoff return for 98 yards, which was spectacular. And the Ravens were down, but you know, Lamar has been playing at an MVP level, and he led the Ravens all the way back, and then Mr. Reliable in overtime, Justin Tucker with a field goal. The Ravens are 6-2. and two. The Ravens are dangerous. The Ravens have Lamar Jackson playing at an incredible level. Uh, Lamar Jackson had, uh, you know, he's on my fantasy team. He threw two picks, but good Lord. I mean, look at the production, look at the offense, look at the total yards, etc. He had 386 total yards of offense and three passing touchdowns. He's playing at an MVP level um, and, and leading his team in fourth quarter comebacks as well. I mean, he's, he's really, really coming through for them when it matters the most. Baltimore, uh, I think, is the 1A team in the AFC behind the Tennessee Titans. The Chargers going to Philadelphia. Big win, big rebound game for the Chargers. They get a field goal late um, in the final seconds to win 27-24. We needed to see that out of uh, L.A. And I thought it was a really great, 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 great game for Justin Herbert because the week before... The tape really showed that he was exposed. Uh, you know, wow, he got eaten alive by Belichick, and then how's it going to affect him? He came right back. They flew across the country, a road game, hostile environment. I know the Eagles' defense isn't as good as New England's, but a very, very good, good outing for Justin Herbert. 32 of 38 for 356 and two touchdowns. Fantastic stuff there. Meanwhile, a few more games to go here. Chiefs over the Packers, 13 7. Kansas City still just doesn't look right to me. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens the rest of the year, but they win a home game. They had to have it. They're now five and four. The Packers are seven and two. Jordan Love just was, was, was not ready. He, he, he looked really awful in spots. Uh, not a lot of checkdowns. He threw his first INT, he threw his first TD. I think his parents were in the stands. They had like the last row at Arrowhead in one of the sections to uh, watch him play. Uh, but neither here nor there. Green Bay, you know, look, this Rogers Corona thing. You know, could it cost Green Bay home field? Could it, right? Cardinals 31-17 winners over the 49ers. This was a massacre. The Cardinals overwhelmed the 49ers in a game where there was no Kyler Murray, there was no DeAndre Hopkins. And the Cardinals beat the piss out of the 49ers. They were up 17-7 at the half. They scored 14 more in the third quarter. They did not look back. Colt McCoy was outstanding in this game. Super efficient. I mean, he only had four incompletions. 22-26 of 26 for 249 and a touchdown. And a rating of 119.4. He was fantastic. James Conner continues to provide some great um, ground attack for this Cardinal unit. And then spreading the wealth, man. Kirk, Connor, Wesley, Ertz. They all got in the action a, a little bit. And obviously, I've said it a million times, I really like the Cardinals' defense. By the way, the, the Cardinals are 5-0 and on the road this year. 5-0. and They're 8-1 and on the season. And they needed a rebound win as well. And uh, their defense was just all over the place. I mean, their defense, I think, if and when the offense has a really bad game, right, like scoring 13 points-ish. I think the Cardinals' defense can win them a game or two the rest of the way. I think they're that good. Jordan Hicks, Buda Baker, Isaiah Simmons, they were everywhere. Chandler Jones picked up a sack in this game, got back in that category. How about Marcus Golden with three sacks? I mean, every single box score you look at, the Cardinals are ripping it up defensively. They had five sacks in this game. Jordan Phillips had a sack. I mean, this team right now... Maybe you have to say they're the best team in the NFC. Maybe you do, right? 
big win for the Cardinals. And the 49ers just don't look good. They don't look right. Uh, Kittle was back, had a nice game, 101 yards, six catches, one touchdown. But Garoppolo is just, he's clueless right now. Titans 28-16 to winners over the Rams. The pressure up front by Tennessee I thought was a difference in the game. They forced Matt Stafford into some really uncomfortable situations. He threw a couple of picks. One of them was returned. And Tennessee just looked like the dominating team in this game. Uh, Mike Vrabel, all he does is win, win, win no matter what, right? Just recently ended the Patriots dynasty. Um, you know, they they uh, make the playoffs, you know, what is it? They Three years in a row, I think, now they've made it, right? Uh, you know, they had double-digit leads on the uh, a double-digit leads lead on the Chiefs a couple of years back, and the postseason couldn't close it. Um, you know, they lose Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry is obviously a, a monumental loss, but this team can still win football games, as evidenced by Sunday night in LA. Um, this is a Titan team that's seven and two. They're four and one on the road. They can win at home. They can win on the road. They can beat you with a pass. They can beat you with a run. Adrian Peterson scored his 125th career touchdown. And it was just a a team that overwhelmed the Rams and the offensive line and the like. I mean, it, that's that's really what it was. Um, and and I think Tennessee right now is the best team in the AFC. Their offensive line can block. They've got physical, game-changing type receivers led by A.J. Brown. This is a very, very good football team right now and a team that I picked to go to the Super Bowl in the beginning of the season. Steelers beat the Bears 29-27. Entertaining game, terribly officiated, obviously. The taunting stuff. Is, is awful. I am so over all the flags and the taunting and the replay in the NFL right now. It's making some of the football completely and utterly unwatchable. If this game wasn't close towards the end, I would not have watched this game. It was so bad, badly officiated. But Justin Fields looked pretty good. 17-29, 291, uh, and a touchdown. Um, you know, the Bears hit the crossbar from 65 yards at the end to try and win it. Right when Justin Fields and the Bears scored, to make it 27-26, I said, geez, you're just leaving Big Ben with just enough time. Sure enough, the Steelers take it down 29-27. The Bears get the ball back, uh, get it up to that 65-yard mark, and, and God, what a great effort, but just a little bit short. Uh, if you're a Bears fan here, you, you just take away Justin Fields' performance. Matt Nagy's awful. You can just see in-game he's just totally clueless. Uh, Fields needs a lot of help. He needs help on the O-line. they got to bring in some weapons for this kid. You can see he's got great talent. He's got unbelievable speed. He's tough. Um, he, he's got great size. His arm is unbelievably strong, but uh, wasn't enough against the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team now that is 5-3. and three. And here they are again, right? The Pittsburgh Steelers. Here they are again. Every single year. What? Oh, Mike Tomlin, maybe his time's up. This and that. Big Ben's too old. All he, it doesn't matter what happens. Their defense is ferocious. The offense makes enough plays. They stay with their identity. They stay with the vision. They stay with the continuity. They go get Najee Harris in the draft because they know they need to go back to ground and pound Steeler football. Well, look at what's going on right now. Pittsburgh Steelers are winning games. <laughs> they're 5-3, and three, and they're in the playoff hunt. There were four teams, Idle, Lions, Seahawks, Buccaneers, and the Washington football team. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, CNY Electrical, Liverpool Physical Therapy, and our great friend Matt Graham at State Farm. Go get a free rate quote today if you're in and around Central New York and the great state of New York at SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com, SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. And a tip of the cap thank you as well to the Swan and Whitaker families as well as the Allen Angus Pub, home of the best Darn Angus Burger in town in Central New York before and after all the big events, concerts, crunch games, SU, you name it. Go to the Allen Angus Pub. Lunch, dinner, 
They're open. It's amazing. Burgers, wraps, great beers on tap. Matt, Randy, Ann, and the gang doing a killer job at the Al and Angus Pub. Well, as promised, here's a crossover episode from the Bills Brawl. One more game to recap. One of the uglier ones from Sunday. Because I'm a Bills fan, I'd probably tell you it was the ugliest. A horrific, embarrassing, disastrous loss for the Buffalo Bills. Here's my Bills-Jaguars recap from the Bills Brawl. Enjoy. But first, this. Hello, Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then we match that cash back in your first year. And that's why we call it cash back match. Now to recap and say cash back one more time. We match all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Everybody needs just the right amount of fuel to get going in the morning. For some, a nice McDonald's egg and cheese bagel is just enough to do it. Others might prefer a McDonald's bacon egg and cheese bagel. Or perhaps a sausage egg and cheese bagel. And there are those where nothing will do but a hearty McDonald's steak egg and cheese bagel. Four different breakfast bagels to get you going. Tomorrow morning, give your engine a head start at participating McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. Learn the art of filmmaking with Spike Lee or how to bring your creative vision to life with Issa Rae. Try songwriting with Alicia Keys and cooking with Gordon Ramsay. The possibilities are endless. With over 100 world-class instructors ready to teach you, that thing you always wanted to do is closer than you think. Get 15% off your annual membership today at masterclass.com save. That's masterclass.com save. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. You're listening to a Brawl Network production. This is a podcast for the best fans in the NFL. Are you in the mafia? Am I in the what? It's time for a Bills Brawl podcast. Second down and seven. Kelly with the tie. Touchdown. Bill Brooks. Allen. Deep shot. Touchdown. On the line to Stephon Diggs. And Thurman breaking tackles at the 22. Inside the 10. Touchdown. And it is another edition of the Bills Brawl. I'm Mike Lindsley. You can hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. Don't forget about my other podcast called the ML Sports Platter, all brought to you by Stanley Law Offices and Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse. A lot of crossover episodes between the two. And uh, you can find me all over Instagram and uh, Facebook on ML Sports Platter uh, as well. Let's recap a very ugly game in Jacksonville. Let's start first with the fact that under no circumstances, if you are a contender for the Super Bowl, 
which the Bills were going into this year. I don't think they are right now. We have a lot of time left to play football. I know what the Vegas, you know, people are saying, prognostications, blah, 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 still the team to be at it. I get all that. But as far as the here and now goes, I'm leaving out betting. I'm leaving out prognostications. I'm leaving out gambling. I'm uh, 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 gambling on the Bills. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving out, um, you know, analytics. I'm leaving out everything. What I'm looking at is the football game and the way the football team is playing right now. And it's atrocious. I mean, if you're a Super Bowl contender going into this year, Chiefs, Bills, you know, Green Bay, Tampa, you cannot lose to certain teams. You know, you can't lose to the Lions. You can't lose to the Jets. You can't lose to the Jags. You can't lose, you know, to the Dolphins. And the Bills came out of the bye week, and I thought that they were really going to take off. Because I said to myself, you know what? They outplayed the Tennessee Titans and lost. Okay, things happen. Football, right? Your left tackle, who's regressed a little bit the last few weeks, right, in this season overall since he had Corona. I don't think that has anything to do with it. But Deion Dawkins got blown up. Josh Allen slipped. You know, you went forward on a fourth down and goal. Uh, a fourth and short, excuse me, down near the goal line. And, and you didn't get it. Oh, well, that's sports. You lose, you move on. You had a bye week. And, and you were still in decent shape at 5-2. and two. Um, or at four and two, pardon me. And then you come out and literally you're tied three, three with the dolphins at the half. And you finally get it going offensively, win 26, 11, and then you lose to Jacksonville. This was a horrific loss for the Buffalo bills. I don't, I'm not panicking. I'm not saying the season is over. I'm not saying any of that stuff. But this was as bad a loss as you could get. And didn't it feel a little bit, right? Didn't it feel a little bit like a drought game? You know, didn't it feel a little bit about, didn't it feel like a little bit of, of, the, of the Tyrod Taylor era, Nathan Peterman, right? Didn't it feel a little bit like, uh, you know, J.P. Losman? Didn't it kind of feel like that time, Trent Edwards, right? And you just shake your head at, at what happened. I mean, honest to God, like, I, I couldn't believe what was going on uh, in front of my eyes. I, I was so disgusted by, by this game. Um, it was so, 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 so bad, so ugly. And the Bills, you know, for two weeks now in a row, and I'm assuming that the Jets are going to try to do this defensively, as are many, many other teams, but this cover two, like two safety deep thing that's taking away the big play and is forcing the Bills to go underneath and force to run the football here and there, which they can't do more on that in a minute. Um, you know, it's caused the Bills to have a lot of issues on offense. And I don't understand why. Because here's the thing. They have guys who are really good over the middle. Diggs, Davis. Where's Davis been, by the way? Gabe Davis. He's been nowhere to be found. Cole Beasley, arguably the best slot receiver in the NFL. Have Emmanuel Sanders, who's a deep threat, but he can also go across the middle maybe for, you know, seven to nine to ten yards. I've said since the beginning of this season, and I've said it going back probably halfway through last season, that when the Bills get into their 11 personnel, right, they're five linemen, they're three wide receivers, 
a tight end, a quarterback, and a running back. Um, and by the way, Tommy Sweeney in there now, they really need Dawson Knox in there because he's a better blocker, he's a better pass catcher, better red zone target, all that sort of stuff. And the red zone was awful, by the way, and I'm going to get to that in a minute as well. The, the point is, when they go 11 personnel, they can throw the ball. I, I feel like quick releases and like those slants are right there every single drive for the Bills. Not every play, but every drive. And if you watch all the games like I do, you probably are agreeing with me. You're bobbleheading right now as I'm talking. Because Stephon Diggs is one of the best players in the NFL. But it takes the Bills like over a half to target him consistently. Not three or four in the first half. I'm talking about the first drive of the game. Go to Diggs three or four times in that drive only. Alone, minimum. You know, keep going back to the well. Throw the ball to your best friggin' player. And the Bills' red zone is a disaster. It's a disaster. There's no other way to say it. Um, you know, they could have taken a real, real stranglehold of the game early. I mean, late in the first half, Bills went right downfield uh, in response to uh, the 3 to nothing field goal lead by Jacksonville, which, by the way, the Bills got the Jaguars into a third and 16, um, which they fell 12 yards short of converting thanks to uh, you know a pass from Lawrence to Chenault. The punting unit was already on the field, but hey, guess what? Trey White baited into a personal foul penalty. That was the start of a long trail of awful shit for the Bills. First down Jaguars, four minutes later, Jacksonville kicks a field goal 3 nothing. It's ridiculous, you know? Ridiculous. Get off the field, you know, don't give that up, and then the Bills come down and they're in the red zone. They're at the three-yard line. You said to yourself, okay, like the offense is going to break out this game, right? That's what I thought. I was like, oh, my God, here they come. And then they can't run the ball, ever. Tried to run Zach Moss on first down, blown up for a three-yard loss. Bills went nowhere after that. Another red zone failure. And they get a field goal from Tyler Bass. Like, can't have that stuff. You know, I mean, we've said for a long time, when you play the Titans, when you play the Chiefs, like, you need touchdowns to beat them and this and that. Well, apparently you need touchdowns to beat the friggin' Jaguars, too. You know, if they had scored that one touchdown... That moment, it would have set the tone. I think the Bills would have won the game. I think they would have set the tone. I think it would have forced Lawrence into some uncomfortable situations. Can we also talk about how, yeah, I get that the Bills' offensive line will be a talking point here shortly. Um, and I get that the Bills' O-line was injured. But, you know, Jacksonville was down guys up front, and they were down their starting running back in James Robinson. So I ain't going to use the injury thing here. Uh, you know, and then the the mistakes just kept piling up and piling up. I mean, look at the second quarter. Deion Dawkins had the personal foul penalty, right? Third and 31, sack of Josh Allen, right? Like, um, and, and then he had to scramble for 22 yards to even get the field goal. And that was it. The Bills didn't score the rest of the game. And then all the mistakes, man, all the mistakes. Like, you know, Sean McDermott was awful in this game again. And I've lost a lot of faith in the Bills right now. Again, I'm not saying the season's over. I'm not saying that I'm giving up. I'm not. Say, I'm not panicking. 
Um, but I do think that the season is pretty pretty close down the line this coming week against the Jets. I mean, you can't lose that game, right? I mean, holy cow. You got to win that game. Um, you know, get back in the win column. But Sean McDermott now for two weeks in a row has had bad days coaching. I mean, really bad days. He hasn't really had a great year coaching, to be honest with you. And I think a lot of this has to do with um, his, and let me just get to what he did first. You know, in the second quarter late, I don't understand why when the Jags were flagged for holding, why you didn't put him in a third and 15. Um, makes no sense. Jaguars got nailed for holding after an incompletion from Lawrence. Third and five turns into third and 15. Instead, McDermott declines the penalty, brings up fourth down on a 55-yard field goal attempt. Matthew Wright nails it to tie it at 6-6. Why would you decline that? If I'm the Bills, I want to have a really, really long third down. Make them, you know, have to throw the ball to, to get anywhere down the field, right, and try to convert a third down. I'm taking my chances on that. Why would you even give them an opportunity, albeit a long one, why would you even give them an opportunity to kick a field goal? It's free points, and the Jaguars converted. That was really ridiculous. The Bills, the faith in this team right now, for me, it's just it's not very high, and it goes in layers and layers and layers. The penalties and the mistakes, a lot of that comes down to just undisciplined bullcrap. A lot of it comes back to the coaching staff. The offense right now can't get out of its own way, and I blame to a degree, and Josh Allen does this every time they lose. He gets up on the mic and says, it starts with me, it starts, okay, Josh, like we get it. Like you don't have to keep... Okay, he had some awful, awful mistakes. I mean, Josh Allen, now, yeah, do you want him to go out there and try to, you know, when you're getting nothing going offensively, when your line is horrific, do you want Josh Allen out there to try and make some plays? Sure. There were a couple of plays in the game where he, like, actually ran away from the pocket and threw and created his own time because he was under such duress. Josh Allen scrambling for 22 yards got them a field goal. Like on that third and what was it, 31 play I was mentioning. So, yeah, you want Allen out there being Josh Allen to a degree, but when he is like literally getting all gobbled up, you don't want to see Josh Allen taking ridiculous uh, sacks and throwing the ball horrendously into the other team's arms. I mean, think about this. Late in the third quarter, how about Allen? He completed that 22-yard pass to Sanders. It was an unbelievable pass. Uh, third and 22 for 22. But then Cody Ford put the Bills back into a behind-the-stick situation with a holding penalty, right? Then third and 12 comes up. Allen threw an awful, awful pass, one of the worst in his career. He was in the process of getting sacked. This is exactly the stuff I'm talking about. And he tried to play the hero ball, and he tossed it right to the other Josh Allen for a pick. His second of the game. You cannot do that. You cannot give away possessions. You've got to go down there, play the field at 6-6, punt the ball away. It's in the third quarter late. you got a lot of time left to go. This is clearly a field goal battle. You're playing like shit. Jacksonville is one of the worst teams in football, but still play the percentages and try to kick it down to let your defense do something, which I think many of us thought that the defense was going to do something at some point. I don't know when. But I think that we all kind of thought, hey, 
you know, this team, the defense is getting after it too. They're putting pressure. I mean, you know, the Bills, the Bills only allowed, I think, in the second half, I think it was only 82 yards to the Jaguars. I think that was the number that I read. And I just think, you know, that was an awful play by Allen. The mistakes continued. The penalties continued. I mean, look at the fourth quarter with 10 minutes or so to go. Bills had fourth and two at the Jags 43, and we're going for the first down. And then Ike Butker gets nailed with a false start. Like, come on, man. And McDermott punted after that. Like, another scoring chance wasted. Fourth quarter late. Third and two on the Jags 37. Horrible read option decision by Josh Allen. He kept the ball, didn't hand it to Singletary, and he fumbled when he was hit by Smoop. And then Josh Allen, the other one, of course, recovers. Right? Like, it was a comedy of errors. Fourth quarter, late. Even just still with a chance to tie the game. Third and seven. Jags 37. They were in Bass's range for a tying field goal. Allen took a sack. Offensive line got blown up. Smoot tackled him for a nine-yard loss. And then he's flush out of the pocket and running for his life on the fourth and long. What was it? Fourth and 16. And he throws incomplete to end the game. Like, what is going on? The penalties, the mistakes, the offense right now. Josh Allen is playing, I would say, like C to B minus football. The running game is an F, basically, week in, week out. But all of it does, for me, come back to the offensive line. Because if you look at the stats... If you look at the numbers for Allen under a lot less duress and you know with a clean pocket, it's very similar to a lot of other quarterbacks. There's never been a quarterback who's been great when he's got defenders draped all over him. Every Hall of Fame quarterback has gone, I'm not saying Allen's going to the Hall of Fame, but every Hall of Fame quarterback, every serviceable quarterback, they've had some pretty solid protection. Troy Aikman's in the Hall of Fame. Troy Aikman had the best offensive line in the history of football. Those 90s Cowboys teams with Larry Allen and company. Josh Allen has nothing right now. Spencer Brown, you may say that the offensive line and the season, you know, really up front, it boils down to him because he's got to get back. You know, if he and Feliciano are in there, I think this is a much different look, right? But they're both hurt. And, you know, if you have Spencer Brown on the right side and then you've got Obviously, Feliciano in there, you know, and Daryl Williams you can put back inside. You know, you can go Deion Dawkins on the left tackle side, Feliciano left guard, right guard is Daryl Williams, and then right tackle is Spencer Brown. But Brown is out, Feliciano's out, so Butker's in, Ford, Cody Ford so far looks like a bust for Brandon Bean. Just a couple of drafts ago they traded up to get this guy. And he looks like he's a total bust, right? And so, like, you have to put Daryl Williams in at right tackle, and he's not as good on the outside. And then you got to play around with who plays at the guard positions in Cody Ford and Butker. And then you have Deion Dawkins on the left side, who's also having a horrific day, who is supposed to be your best offensive lineman. Mitch Morris up front as a center has not overwhelmed anyone this year either. So I would tell you that Spencer Brown and John Feliciano, like their health is the key to this offensive line. 
And I don't, Feliciano isn't playing again this week, right? I mean, probably. He's on IR. I, I would be shocked if he came back. Spencer Brown right now looks to be questionable. I don't know as if he's even going to practice until Wednesday or Thursday this week. What does that mean for him? Um, but a lot of the problems come back to, to the offensive line. There's no question about that. The defense was fantastic for the most part uh, in this game across the board. I mean, they made life really difficult for Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence only had 118 yards uh, passing. C.J. Beathard got in the game and actually like I completed his two passes, which is embarrassing if you're the Bills' defense, but it didn't, it didn't win them the game, Jacksonville. Um, you know, the, the Jaguars had 139 yards of passing and 27 yards rushing. I mean, do the math on that. In the NFL today, 159, uh, 159, 166. They had 166 yards on offense. I mean, come on. We're, you, you, you can't blame the Bills' defense for a damn thing in this game, right? Like, Levi Wallace was really good. Saran Neal came in for Taron Johnson, who had a concussion. He got off to a little bit of a rocky start, got exposed, and then he really, really clamped down and played well in coverage and, and was a tackle machine, right? Like, another really, really strong game for Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, Tredavious White, albeit, you know, a, a tough struggle with the penalties and all the rest, he had a half a sack. Uh, you know, I thought Harrison Phillips and Latulale were fine, and Poyer was good, and Milano at times was all over the field. I thought he could have done a little bit more. Mario Addison had a sack in this game. Jerry Hughes continued to push. Uh, so the defense, I mean, the defense did their thing. They didn't allow a touchdown to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I know the Jaguars are one of the worst teams and offenses in the NFL, but the Bills went out and did their job against a terrible team. If the defense holds a team to six points with this freaking offense, even with the injuries, even with Spencer Brown and Feliciano out, even with Cole Beasley banged up and in the third quarter, with the rib problem, had to go out. This team should have still beaten the Jacksonville Jaguars. They should be able to lose three, four players, five players, and and still beat the Jaguars when your defense allows only six points. You still have Allen. You still have Diggs. You still have your coaching staff. You still have quick release opportunities, right? Like, what the hell is going on? And, oh, by the way, there were a lot of plays in on third down, the Jacksonville offense, Leslie Frazier backed up on a lot of plays on second and third down with Jacksonville and just kind of settled into man-to-man. And, you know, there was some soft zone that was implemented. I'm not a fan of that. Like, I watched a lot. I've watched a ton, obviously, of, of the NFL this year again. But, like, rookie quarterbacks, all defenses are just coming after them and saying, yo, welcome to the NFL, man. Show me that you can beat me. The Bills should have done that with Trevor Lawrence. They should have been blitzing the living piss out of this guy. Over and over and over again. One blitz after another after another. That's all there is to it. They should have been sending the house on the majority of these plays. Because the Jaguars... Did not have James Robinson for the ground attack. They had Carlos Hyde, who's an inferior running back compared to Robinson and, frankly, most people in the NFL. He has 67 yards, but he carried it 21 times. He only averaged 3.2 yards a carry. I mean, give me a break. This team should have been going nuts on Trevor Lawrence. They should have been bringing multiple people in blitz formations. They should have been sending Edmonds and Milano to the house almost every down until Lawrence could show that he could beat you. Same thing with the safeties. Bring them up. Poyer, Hyde. 
Get him up there. Taron Johnson before he went down. Get him up there. Even without Spencer Brown, Feliciano, Cole Beasley for a good chunk of the second half, Taron Johnson, this team still should beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Under no circumstance, when you are a top five team in the NFL going into a season, you should not in any way, shape, or form lose to the Jaguars. My final thought as I wrap up is when you look at Brandon Bean, and I'm not going to get caught up in one week, the whole world is either going to open up or it's going to cave, Monday morning quarterbacking, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to get into all of that right now or ever because I hate that, right? Like week one happened, it was overreaction. Even the Bills losing to the Steelers, and it was, oh, boy, you know, like, oh, this team isn't as good as we – you know, week one, Packers got stones just stymied by the by the Saints in week one. Packers came back and won seven in a row, right? Like the Patriots lost to the Dolphins in week one. Look at where both teams are right now. Uh, each week, there's the highs and the lows and the roller coaster, the ups and downs, etc. I'm not going to get into well. The Bills losing to the Jaguars means this for the entire season. I'm not going to do that. And you know, while I've lost some faith in the team. And in McDermott, uh, and you know the Jaguars, you know multiple players even said that the Bills, if you looked over, it looked like the Bills didn't have any energy. They just didn't weren't ready to play. Well, when the hell are you going to be ready to play? You're halfway through the season. You had your friggin' bye week. I mean, it, it, it almost looks like the Bills went on a bender in their bye week, and they're literally still recovering from it because that's how they looked against Miami for two and a half, three quarters. That's how they looked the entire game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I've lost quite a bit of faith in this team across the board. That doesn't mean that I don't you know, think that they can fix this thing. Uh, that doesn't mean that I think that they're done. Uh, it just means that for the here and now, right now, I just feel really, really eh about this team. And they have five wins. Uh, and guess what? The AFC is really muddled. This loss really, really, really hurts in more ways than one. Not only does it hurt because, hey, you have the same amount of wins as the Patriots in the AFC East, a division you're supposed to win by at least two or three games. You now have one less loss, uh, one less win than the Ravens. The Titans are now two games ahead of you, and they have the tiebreaker. You face a Colts team that's four and five. They come into Buffalo in a couple of weeks. You have the same amount of wins as Ra- the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the Chargers, right? You have the same exact amount of wins as the Browns and the Steelers and the Bengals. So this is not good. This is what happens when you lose a game like this. It sets you back big time. And the Bills have got to figure it out. Brandon Bean, I think it's safe to say, you know, look, again, I don't, I'm not saying that it, it, everything is caved in and over and all, but it, I think it's safe to say that Brandon Bean had missed on Cody Ford, right? He's missed on some guys now. I mean, he's missed on, so far, Moss and Singletary. I mean, he's missed on a lot of guys uh, that, that, that aren't talked about. And, oh, by the way, can we talk a little bit about the situation with Brandon Bean last year, and I was a fan of this going into this year, but he wanted to bring the band back this year, right? He wanted to bring them all back. Darrell Williams coming out party, gave him a fat contract, right? I got to have Feliciano back, got him at below average value for the market. Well, guess what? John Feliciano, he's really, really good. He's the most versatile lineman the Bills have. He's probably the best lineman because of that versatility. But guess what? Because he can play guard and center, but he's always hurt. He's always freaking hurt. Right? Cody Ford, total disaster and a bust. You know, there were guys available in the offseason. 
You know, the Kansas City Chiefs went out and traded. They got Orlando Brown. They signed Joe Tooney. That's a team that's been up against the cap for a couple of years now because of the Mahomes contract, and Brett Beach has figured it out. Brandon Bean's still a very, very good GM. He's a shark. I get it. But really, really good GMs still aren't perfect. They're still going to miss. And I think he's missed in a lot more areas than people are talking about right now. Um, and, you know, he wanted to bring the band back together, right? Like Milano's already been hurt this year. He wanted to bring him back. He wanted to bring back a lot of guys. And, again, like I said, I was all for it. But you're looking at a 5-3 and three team right now where a lot of this band that's back together is either not performing up to their capability. Um, I mean, they're really severely underperforming and or they're injured. And you just can't have this. You can't have a loss of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bills lose to Jacksonville 9-6. They'll play the Jets this Sunday. Thanks for listening to Bills Brawl. I'm Mike Lindsley. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Hello, Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then we match that cash back in your first year. And that's why we call it cash back match. Now to recap and say cash back one more time. We match all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. Learn the art of filmmaking with Spike Lee or how to bring your creative vision to life with Issa Rae. Try songwriting with Alicia Keys and cooking with Gordon Ramsay. The possibilities are endless. With over 100 world-class instructors ready to teach you, that thing you always wanted to do is closer than you think. Get 15% off your annual membership today at masterclass.com save. That's masterclass.com save. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.